This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Josh Heisman and New Hope Community Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information, visit newhopechurchtn.org. Well, I'm so excited to be able to, uh, to continue this uh, series um, behind the music. Anybody remember that VH1 show, Behind the Music? As a musician and a preacher, this is like gold right here. So don't fall asleep. I know you, a lot of you ate a lot of food today. I could smell it out there. I, I came in there, but I purposely didn't eat a lot of food because I didn't want anything to happen up here. You get what I'm saying? Uh, my daughter and I, every day, I'm going get to get an insight into my life here. Every day I go to pick her up from school, and it's a great time of our day. I go to pick her up, and then we drive home, and we drive through the, the square of Franklin. Some of you avoid the square, I know, but I don't avoid the square at all. We turn on our jams, we crank it up, and then when you go through the square, what do you do? Roll your window down. I was expecting them to say it, but you're like, <laughs> roll your window down, open the, the moonroof, whatever you got going, all the windows, and people just got to deal with it as you're driving through the square. <laughs> We're going to jam out a little bit. And so there's this thing called wrong lyric syndrome. Anybody ever heard of it? It's very serious. It's a very serious syndrome, wrong lyric syndrome. You don't think you have it, do you? <laughs> All right. Let's see if you got it. We built this city. We built this city on. No, no, no. Sausage rolls. <laughs> this morning, you guys were building the city. Had those sausage rolls back there. See that girl. Watch that scene. Kicking the dancing queen. Just... You know, you've been to homecoming dance, kicking the dancing queen. All right? Sweet dreams are made of cheese. Cheese. Any lactose intolerant folks in here? Sweet dreams are made of cheese. <laughs> maybe you'll, you've heard this song, maybe an old Adele song kind of got her started. Or should I just keep chasing? You guys know it? Penguins. Come on. It's not pavements, it's penguins. Great song, by the way, check that out. All right, I can see clearly now. No, 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 Dan, it's Lorraine is gone. <laughs> this guy had issues with Lorraine. I don't know who Lorraine is, but then I saw her face. Nope, now I'm going to leave her. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what her face looked like? <laughs> All right, we will, we will rock you. Kicking your cat all over the place. I'm not a cat lover. I'm allergic to cats, so that one. Kicking your cat all over the place. I love that one. This is the dawning of the age of asparagus. It's good stuff, asparagus. I just died. Oh, you're in your barn tonight. <laughs> Mustard, no mayonnaise instead. Makes no sense, right? But how many of you have wrong lyric syndrome? Now you can say it. Some of you are liars. Liars. And you know what happens to liars. We won't get into that. It's another message. <laughs> wrong lyric syndrome. So we're driving through the square like we do every day. And, and uh, you know, she knows whenever I go to roll down the windows, open the moonroof, She's going to turn something on. She cranks up Heart Like Heaven, the song we just sang. And I'm like, all right. Crank it up. And we finished the song, and I look over and I said, all right, you know, 
a lot of times we just crank it up and we just have fun, but do you, do you know what this song really is about? Do you know what this song is saying? And she said, yeah, Dad, I know. And I was expecting wrong lyric syndrome. But she said, it's kind of a come as you are. You know, we can all come to, to Christ just as we are, broken. And I was like, wow, she's going deep. But she nailed it. She nailed it. it there's more to it, and we're going to get into it. But, but that is, at the essence, what this song is saying is I, I, I'm broken, but I can come to my creator. I can come to my healer. And so I want to start off at the beginning, uh, the first verse, by taking us to the last book of the Bible. This, this message today is very, very heavy in Scripture, and uh, there's nothing better than getting into the Word, right? So we're going to start at the end. We're going to start at Revelation and just kind of give you a picture of what it looks like around the throne. This first measure says, holy, no measure knows your worth. So you're holy. No measure knows your worth. Face down where mercy finds me first. You know, holy is one of my favorite words. I've, I've talked to you guys about that before. It's, it's being set apart. Uh, God is set apart to be worshipped. There's apartness. Uh, he is holy. And what this verse is doing is it's reminding us of whom the song is really about. It does this at the beginning. It does this at the end. If we're coming in here and we're just singing happy songs, fun songs, but they don't say anything about Jesus, there's something wrong with that picture. We're going to be singing about and for and to Jesus. Singing is a big part of the Christian faith, uh, coming in here and, and playing our instruments and singing these songs. It's a big part, but if we come in here and we're just singing songs, there's nothing there. There's no depth to it. But this is giving us a heavenly imagery. This first verse, very simple, short words in this verse, but it's giving us a heavenly imagery of what uh, it's, it's, it's like worshiping around the throne of God. So I want us to take us to Revelation 4, 8 through 11. You can see it up here on the screen. You can also grab it in your uh, Bible if you want to go through me. I'm going to go through lots of scriptures throughout the Word. You can grab it on your, your phone, your iPad, whatever it is. There's no judgment here. My iPad, I'm good to go. Revelation 4, 8 through 11. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Anybody seen the new Thor movie? Yeah? Great imagery in that. Nothing tops this. Think about that. The four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And it goes on to say, and whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, it says that a few times, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. There it is again. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, Lord, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. See, this sets the stage. We have come to worship our king, our Lord. And, and how does one worship a king but to bow down, to bow down in reverence? And in, in some cases, historically, if you didn't bow down before the king, you lose your head. Thankfully, we serve a merciful God, and he pours out his mercy and his grace and his love on us when we don't even deserve it. But when you come to, to worship your king, you, you bow down. And so you've heard the scripture, and maybe you're thinking, okay, well, that's the heavenly uh, picture. Where am I in this? Where am I in this? Well, let's go on to Revelation 5 now. 5, 11 through 14. Then I looked, 
And I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and, and, and blessings. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Well, I want us to take us to, to verse 13 there. It says, and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them. That's pretty much it, right? We are in there. So when we come in here every, every week and we worship, we're worshiping with the angels, with those who have gone before us around the throne of God. We're joining them. I've told you before that I really like movies and shows about kings and kingdoms, and I, I know we've even got a, a connect group uh, that Pete Whitman's leading called Kings and Kingdoms, and it's going to continue again as we start back in January. But I love this imagery. I just was watching a movie where uh, a young lady was coming before the king, and she was bowing down, and she was just saying, mercy, Lord, just mercy, mercy. Uh, she was wanting her, her father to be saved. That's how we should come before the king. It doesn't matter in that story whether or not uh, he gave mercy or not. Our God does. So come before him and bow before him and say, holy God, mercy, mercy. And he'll pour it out. He'll pour out his grace. He'll pour out his love. But here's the cool thing. Not only that, but he makes us heirs to the throne. Every single one of us. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. You're a child of God, and you are an heir to his throne. That's amazing. It says in Titus 3, 3 through 7. This is kind of hard to read at the beginning because it's, it's in, in one way or another, it's been us. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in, in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs. We might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That's important to hear this morning. We are heirs to the throne. We're not just sitting here separate from heaven, but this is how our heart gets connected to heaven as you just realize, I am an heir to the throne of God. So it's a great way to start. It's, a, it's four simple lines, short words, but man, it's rich in theology, isn't it? Just love that imagery straight from the book of Revelation. We're going to go on to, to the next part of the song, the, the pre-chorus and the chorus. Um, there's some musical stuff in here that I'll just help explain to you. The pre-chorus is a part of the song. It's not in every song. This song actually has two of them uh, for, for great reasons. Uh, but the pre-chorus is simply this. It's the part of the song that comes before the chorus. <laughs> That's deep, I know. Wrap your, I'll give you a second. Wrap your brain around that. 
Now, the pre-chorus comes before the chorus, but the reason it's called that is because it ramps up to the chorus, both musically and lyrically. It takes us to a place because uh, when we get to the chorus, that's when it all just comes out. You guys remember the 90s, right, when every song that we learned outside of the hymn book was called a chorus? Yep. That's the part of the song that we're getting to. But the pre-chorus is so important that it just helps us, helps us get there. Like I said, there's actually two pre-choruses in this song, Chori, however you want to say it. It leads us to the same conclusion, and it's this. It's that we are broken. We are broken people, but, but here's the caveat on that. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. We're broken, but it's good. It goes on to say this. Whoa, if you sought perfection. By the way, whoa, is because musicians like woes and oes and oos and ahs and that's why that's in there. <laughs> no theology depth there. It's just, it's a good woe. <laughs> if you sought perfection, whoa, I died trying to reach it, whoa, but this broken heart is all you want. And then it goes on to say, I'll throw my weakness into your greatness if this broken heart is all you want. Just take my weakness, cover it in your strength, cover it in your greatness so that I don't try to move on in this life all by myself. I need to know that it's, it's your goodness, your grace, your strength that keeps me moving forward, not myself. So cover my weakness in your greatness. How many of you have, have broken something recently? How many wives just went, uh, to their husband? I broke something recently. I, I, we were putting together, we, we've got this old... Um, toy box, uh, kind of a chest, and uh, we were changing it into a file cabinet, and I'm putting together the file pieces that go inside of it, and these are made out of metal, steel, mind you, and I broke them. <laughs> yep. They did have these little divots on it that uh, kind of were meant to break it on the divot, but I broke it on the wrong divot, and all of a sudden, our file cabinet that was this wide was now this wide. Um, but this much of it still functions. It does. And so, yeah, I broke this. And as soon as I did, we, I popped it and looked up. And Lisa was like, did you break it? Yeah, I broke it. But I put it back together. And, and I got it in there. And it fits. And it's functional. It's just smaller. We got to get another one. But it works. But here's the deal. Brokenness, it just gets a bad rap. It gets a bad rap because we think that everything's got to be perfect. Yeah, my file cabinet, it's not quite as big. It doesn't function exactly the same as it did before, but it still does. And every time I see it, I'm reminded of how massively strong I am <laughs> and how I broke that, and I know how to do it differently next time. I'm reminded. So brokenness is important in our lives. It's important that we, we acknowledge that we're not perfect. There's only one perfect. You know who that is, right? It's Christ. There's only one perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to be broken. But he comes and he covers us. He says, it's okay. It's okay. Learn from this, and I got you. I want to go on to read Psalm 51. Just starting at the beginning, it's a, it's a, I'm going to read most of this psalm here, but it's very important. It kind of fits in with what's coming at the very end. So Psalm 51, starting in verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, my sins. 
Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin, they're ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in, in sin did my mother conceive me. That, that's what happens. We're born into this selfish life. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Anybody remember an old song with those lyrics? Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. You see, that's what he wants to do when we're broken and we're willing to be restored. He just wants to put us back together. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. I love that. All of a sudden, we go from from being covered in grace, being covered in his love, and being put back together to being a person that wants to help somebody else get put back together. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. Because when he comes and he heals us, we can't be quiet. We can't. We have to tell people what's going on in our lives. I'm wearing this bracelet right now. It says, I am for Jen. How many of you are wearing that right now? And I rejoice in her healing. My mouth declares your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. So it comes down to that. All of that psalm comes down to that. You just desire for me to be broken, for me to come before you and say, all right, God, I need help. I need you to put me back together. And in this process of putting me back together, I... I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise you with everything that I am. And everybody around me is going to know that. All he wants is our brokenness. Does he want us to be hurt? No. Does he want us to be in pain? No. Does he want us to be stripped of all our pride and everything else that comes before us and him? Yes. We've got to say, no more me. Just just strip me away, Lord. Let it be all about you. See, our brokenness, our complete surrender leads us to a place of complete and pure worship and praise of our King. It leads us to a place where we're singing holy, heart like heaven, singing holy, God Almighty, on this heartbroken sound, singing holy is your name. That's my prayer. Yes, Lord, own every part of me and in my brokenness, accept this offering as I worship you totally surrendered to your hand. Would you put me back together in such a way that honors you, my creator? 
You see, right now, just as those verses in Revelation illustrated, right now, as we talked about earlier, heaven is worshiping around the throne. And we're in here today joining, joining that song. Even though we're not there yet, we've, we've been invited into that worship. But our challenge is just simply this. Get out of the way of ourselves. It's not about us. It's not about our desires, our wants. It's about him. But if we can lay down our pride and put our focus completely on the king of kings, we can join in the heavenly song. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. I love that prophecy in the book of Isaiah. Our God was, he is, and he is to come. The bridge of the song, Heart Like Heaven, goes on to say this, own the sound forever, own the sound forever, heart and heaven together, singing, holy is your name. And if it lifts you higher, burn in me your desire, a passion worthy of your name. You hear that word, if? If it lifts you higher. If it lifts us higher, I don't want that desire in my heart. It has to be all about you, all about you. You see, my desire every time I come in here, every time we lift up the name of Jesus, is just to lift him higher and higher and higher. And my desire every morning when I get out of bed in the morning, and it's really hard, you guys know, I've said it a million times, I'm not a morning person, but I get up in the morning and I say, Lord Jesus, Use these feet, help them move towards the restroom and help them move towards my car and help me move throughout the city. Use me to bless your name. I want the sounds of my life to, to not be my own, but to be a shadow of heaven. In fact, the Bible talks about this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 8, starting in verse 5. They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. Did you know that? They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God saying, see that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. Remember Moses went up on the mountain and met with God? God gave him the blueprints of how we are to worship. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. You see, Moses was instructed to build a tent of meeting the tabernacle on this, on this shadow of heaven. God gave him everything that he needed. The Ark of the Covenant was there, and as, as Pastor Josh spoke about last week, the cloud of God's Spirit literally came down over the Ark of the Covenant, over the tabernacle, and people worshiped. But let's not forget what it says in verse 6 there. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. I know it's a kind of wordy and a lot, lot going on there, but it, in simple terms, it just is saying that Christ came to fulfill that Old Testament covenant. No longer do we have to bring those sacrifices of the, the, the animals and uh, the herbs and all of that stuff. No longer do we have to do that because Christ has came to fulfill that covenant. He came to die on a cross for our sins. He came to be risen again on the third day. He came to be ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of his Father, God. So in simple terms, we are now the tabernacle. 
I have a friend who has a t-shirt that says, I am a Winnebago of worship. I'm the tabernacle. I love that. I love that we go through life every day being Christ, being Jesus to everybody around us. We have complete access to Christ. No longer is there an assigned priest that is the only one that can see God. We are priests, and that's another sermon altogether, but the Word talks about that. It talks about how we are priests. We can come directly, directly to our Savior. Our heart can meet with heaven every single day. I want to go to kind of a, a biological point here, and for those of you that are doctors in the house, I am not a doctor. I'm not a scientist, uh, but I've, I've read about this, and I, I love uh, this uh, protein in our bodies. It's called laminin, and it's, it's the protein that kind of holds everything together, as what I've been reading from scientific journals and, and such, is it holds all of us together. If we didn't have this protein laminin in our body, we would just kind of be a gooey mess on the ground. I want to show you what this laminin looks like. Isn't that amazing? I don't believe in coincidences. That's holding us together right now. The shape of Jesus Christ on a cross. I want to show you this next picture. This is laminin actually through a telescope, microscope, sorry. Microscope, um, just thousands of times magnified, but... That's what's holding us together right now. God is good, amen? So our heart is connected with heaven every single day. We just have to believe that and step into that and desire that. Say, yes, God, I believe. But it's there within us every day. I love how this song ends. It goes back to the chorus, but it changes the words a little bit. It made sure at the beginning that we knew what we were singing about, and it comes back at the end and says... Here it is again. So at the core of this song, at the core of our faith, at the, at the core of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ, the songwriter takes us back to Jesus. And in one unified voice, we declare, for you are worthy. Jesus, Savior, you are worthy, King forever. Hear my soul cry out, singing holy is your name. That's what it comes down to, folks. Is your life crying out to God every day, saying, you are holy, God. Jesus, you are my Savior. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 40 says, let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. You see, it's on us to examine our hearts every single day. Is my heart like heaven? Is it connected to my Savior, Jesus Christ? Is it, is it led by the Holy Spirit? Those are questions to ask every single day when you get up. Am I connected to you, Jesus? Or is my heart hard and prideful? Rather than a lifeline to the heavens, is there a wall up that's keeping my soul from crying out? And I know some of you are here today and, and you have that, that wall. It may be just a small wall that you just... You know, put a few bricks up and said, oh, I got this. But I'm, I'm just here to tell you that that, that small wall is going to become taller and taller and taller. Just go ahead and knock it down with just one kick right now before you have to just go full body in and knock it down. See, today you can make that decision to have a heart like heaven. 
You may be here and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, and you're saying, what is this he's talking about? I don't even understand. Well, today you can understand fully. You can begin that process of being discipled and getting into his word. And I'm telling you, I, I, this, this message is, is rich in scripture because that's who our God is. It's his word. We have to get into his word to know him. So if you're here today and, and you don't know Christ, and you know, feel free to take one of the Bibles out of the pews. Um, you can go grab one of those Bibles that we have out on the, at the welcome desk, but, but get to know him. And if you're here and you've known Christ for a long time, but your heart is hardened and, and you've just begun to kind of put up that wall, just make an effort today through Christ's strength, not yours, to say, nope, no more. I'm going to knock this wall over. As we wrap up our time today, I just want to give you an opportunity to pray that prayer of salvation, to say, yes, Lord, I, I accept. This is a great song. When we come in here and we sing, we've been singing as followers of Christ for centuries. It's a part of who we are. It's a part of our DNA. Some of you are like, no, 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 not part of my DNA. I don't sing. <laughs> Bible says make a joyful noise, right? Make a joyful noise. Sing out. Thank you for listening. For more information and additional resources, visit our website at newhopechurchtn.org. Also check us out on Facebook, iTunes, Instagram, and Twitter.